Welcome to the Ask an Expert podcast, hosted by Joshua Carlson, co-founder of the award-winning direct marketing agency, Propello Media. Ask an Expert is a show of candid conversations with proven business and thought leaders, talking about real problems, and more importantly, about real solutions you can use to benefit your own business. We hope you enjoy the honest and organic nature of each guest's conversation. So let's jump right in. People want to do business with people they like, says today's Ask an Expert guest. Hi, I'm Joshua Carlson, co-founder of Propello Media, and today I sit down with Jose Morales. He's the VP of Corporate Relationships over at Applied Concepts. They're a firm that's helping dealerships across the country develop elite performance as it pertains to communication. Today, he's going to share insights of automotive, fixed, and variable sides. He's going to talk about marketing trends he's seeing, and he's also going to talk about the importance of video and how people are using it today and how they should continue to use it. With that, let's get started. Jose, welcome uh, to today's episode of Ask an Expert. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you, Josh, for having us and giving us the opportunity. Okay. So I'd like to open up with what you guys do within the automotive industry. So um, you guys work with both fixed and variable side of the house. Um, So a two-parter, I'd like you actually explain for the people that don't know the automotive slang here of fixed and variable, um, please explain what those are and then talk about how you guys work with both sides of that house. Absolutely. So Applied Concepts, we have the opportunity to work with really in a dealership, anyone who takes and answers a phone call, a lead, anything whatsoever. So for sales, service, parts, reception, we train and coach any individual within a dealership. Um, Our core competency being phones, what has transitioned into also text, email, chat, video uh, webinars, and things of that nature. Um, So really as a company, our focus is lead conversion and training the men and women within the dealership to successfully convert those leads. Okay, and as far as fixed and variable, can you explain the differences between those two? Yeah, so fixed being like your service and parts departments, body shops, kind of literally the quote-unquote back of the house, if you will. Sure. Um, Variable being the sales, where you go to buy your car, where you go to look at your vehicles, that's the sales department. Okay, and so obviously we've all gone through the car buying experience, um, and we've all gone through the service experience, um, and we've no doubt experienced great service and poor service. And you guys are on the cutting edge of helping on that great service side. So you guys are the company that are really helping build dealerships up. I'd like to just talk about what is the training process you guys go through to talk somebody up that maybe is just okay on the phones, but we want to get them to that great status to really help the, the dealership. That's a great question. You know, a big part of really for any salesperson or anyone in a, in a dealership to is provide a great experience, right? We, we all know buying cars, servicing cars can be tumultuous. It can be tough sometimes from the consumer end. So what we focus on is one, taking a salesperson, for example, that maybe struggles on a phone call, giving them some confidence, giving them some talking points and giving them a process, right? So one, they can actually guide the customers through the, the buying journey, right? So answer your questions, make you feel at ease and ultimately make you feel like this is the place to buy a car from or to service my car from. But at the same time, to do it in a way that not only is satisfying the customer, but they're accomplishing their goal of successfully obtaining your business and earning your business. And so I have a question as it pertains to what those goals may be. So obviously on the service side of things, there's gonna be different goals than there are on the sales side. 
is each dealership have their different, um, I feel like at least with some of the dealerships that I've been to, there's kind of a separation of church and state. Um, when you're talking about fixed and variable, um, do different dealerships have different goals and do you align the training program specifically to those? You know, every dealership does have some different goals, if you will. Just like, the, in other words, what I mean by that is they can have a goal of they want to increase CSI or they want to sell more cars or service more cars. Mm-hmm. But in general, the one consistent thing they all have is to service more cars and to sell more cars, right? So for us, Apply Concepts, what we typically will do is meet with a store, understand, okay, what are your goals? Where are the struggles, right? So we know that maybe phones or or handling of leads maybe is not where we want it to be, but why is it not there, right? Is it because maybe our team is just not focused on the phone or doesn't see the value of talking to that customer the way they need to, or they have just no idea? So based on where that store is at and those individuals are and their skill level, we will approach with a solution as far as training and coaching, right? Because the reality of it is, is it's going to vary a little bit from every store. You'll have some dealerships that have a veteran staff that they've been at it for a million years, right? They've they've done it. They know it. So that conversation is much different than maybe a team that's brand new, right? That's never sold cars before. It's never serviced cars before. So you have to kind of go from ground up and build up and say, okay, Here's the basics of blocking and tackling. Here's how you handle the conversation. Sure. And ultimately, here's what you're trying to accomplish as well, because sometimes they don't—they may not understand what they're trying to accomplish even at that. Okay, and from the actual training that you guys provide, are you, is this a, is this a type of course training that you're doing, or are you guys doing, you know, real-time monitoring of conversations that are happening? So really, that's what really has led to the success of our company over the past since 1983, is when it comes to f- training, we close the loop. And what I mean by that is we proactively coach the men and women taking the phone call. So we have some curriculums that they do a live one-on-one coaching session with a real person over the phone every week. Okay. So we train them in the realm that they're actually going to put this to use. So in other words, we're teaching phone skills where they're actually going to be using phone skills. This sure. is not a video or webinar on how to handle the phone, so to speak. Okay. okay? So proactively, we're coaching sales or service or parts professionals on how to handle the call. But then we also, when I say close the loop, we inspect what we expect. So whether it's us apply constant providing inspection as far as call recording or providing that service to a store, or if they have a service in place, either way, we're gonna get access to that that system and we're gonna listen to phone calls with those staff members. Okay. So we get together in what we call a performance review meeting where we say, okay, hey, here's a couple calls. Let's talk about how well you did. What are our strengths? areas of opportunities. So we come back and say, okay, we've proactively coached you, given you the process, and here's how we can actually make it applicable to a real life situation that actually occurred. And what are some of the biggest deficiencies that you see dealerships making um, when it comes to the engagement that they have with clients on the phone? You know, with recent events, buying cars has changed a little bit, right? And it's been changing for years. So you mentioned earlier kind of like going through that process of buying cars, moving to more of a digital format and moving to the advent of the internet some years ago, customers are way more educated than they've ever been. So one of the gaps that most stores have is the fine line between what they feel is giving too much information mm. and too little information. Okay. Right? Yep. And what we call a command and control, which is a very, it's kind of the old school method of way of the car business function. Get on a phone call, control it, get an appointment, get them in the door. Don't give too much information. And really the marketplace has transitioned to more of an educate and inform. 
Sure. What I mean by that is because the customer's already super educated. They go online, yeah. they research, they spend 15 hours. I know everything about this one car. I found the car. Right. Right. And when they pick up that phone call or they do that live web chat or they send it whatever message, email, if you will, they're trying to feel out, are you that person I want to buy a car from? Essentially, it's the dealership's interview, right? So transition to more of an educated form. In other words, we want to make sure that we're bolstering the information you have. We're affirming what you know already. But at the same time, we're showing that we're helpful and we want to be mindful of, of assisting you and giving that good customer service. Because if we do that, the customer will come in. So for dealerships, it's a transition in the mindset. It's a culture shift, quite frankly. Sure. Going from, hey, sell, sell, sell. It's okay. How can I help you? How can I be more of a concierge type of approach? But at the same time, not lose sight of my goal of obtaining an opportunity. Right. Well, and that's what I'm hearing from a lot of other business leaders right now, which is we need to service, not sell. Because um, the better that we can get at servicing, the more that we actually will sell. So it is it, it is a paradigm shift from a from a mentality standpoint. Um, what what have you seen? Uh, obviously, we've been through a lot in the past few months. What are you seeing within the marketplace as it pertains to new vehicle sales and used vehicle sales as you're working with these dealerships? So it's been an interesting three months, to say the least, and I'm sure everyone can kind of attest that in all the different industries. The auto industry at the onset of, of, of the recent events with COVID-19, there was a big apprehension like, holy cow, the bomb's going to fall out. What are we expecting? So a lot of dealers prepared for the worst, right. not even drop in sales, things of that nature. Well, the onset, it varied from state to state. That's, that's part of it, from state to county, even county to county, if you will. In the beginning, what we had noticed was, like, for example, on the sales call, on the variable operations end, sales calls were down nationally about 23%. Okay. Right? we saw at the height of the pandemic. However, those calls that did come in, the customer intent was really high. Right. So if they called you to buy a car, they wanted to buy a car. Right. They made peace with whatever's happening in the world. You know, I get this stuff, whatever's going on, I want to buy a car. The conversion rates were up. Exactly. Now, at the same time, they also sent the customer because you saw a lot of media come out about, well, dealers are often insane incentives. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the best time to buy a car. Customers were really aggressive with pricing and what they were asking for. Sure. So you had that in the beginning where actually once kind of like April came about and May, life started to pick back up. And a lot of stores, especially in states that were not heavily impacted by COVID-19, had right. record months. Okay. Even stores that were impacted heavily by COVID-19, come May, they had record months. They were on par with year over year. And really what happened was there was a lot of backlog, if you will. Yep. And they're continuing to so. Now, what has happened, you asked a question about new and used vehicles. Yeah, Inventory has become an issue on a new car end, right? Because a lot of facilities were shut down as far as manufacturing. Yep. So it was a little bit of a backlog. So we had great sales. So we kind of ran our inventory a little tight. Inventory, right. Exactly. So now, they're like right now, the current situation is for a lot of stores in a lot of areas is they don't have as many vehicles they're used to having on the new side. On the pre-owned side, what you've seen is you've seen used car prices actually bolster up a little bit to the point where you have companies like Enterprise and Hertz that are kind of pushing the cars out into the market yep. because of the lack of demand on their end as far as rentals, if you will. The used car prices have actually gone up quite a bit. Interesting. So yeah. what's happened is for a lot of stores, when it comes, this is getting to really the nitty gritty of variable ops, when it gets into pricing. So they're buying, if they buy too high, it makes it hard to give a consumer a great deal because the price that they had to pay for it is already kind of high. 
Sure, so sure. it's a tricky balance right now of having enough used cars to keep momentum going and buying yourself time to get through the next probably really 60 to 90 days, depending on the manufacturer, of getting back to levels of inventory that we've had before. Okay. And on the service side of things, what are we seeing? I mean, are people people flooding that because inventory is low? So I've got to get my car back in because I can't get what I want right now. So I need to, need to make sure I keep what I've got in good condition. Right. You see, service took, took a dip as well, kind of the same time at the height of the pandemic, because there was a lot of just general fear of like, man, I don't want to bring my car in. Things just, for obvious reasons, we all were experiencing. However, once kind of things slowed down, they picked back up quite a bit because a lot of people did hang on to their car. Yep. You know, they didn't need to kind of keep it for a little bit longer to know what they're anticipating. Or in the advent that they were financially, their landscape changed. Hey, maybe a new car wasn't was in the picture, but uh, maybe not anymore. Yeah. So I'm just hang on to what I have. So service departments have stayed busy. They took a dip, but really what helped them was the offerings of coming to pick up the vehicle, you know, the sanitization of vehicles. Like, hey, we'll sanitize your car, just bring it on in. Right. So but it got pretty creative to try and keep that momentum going at fixed stops. Okay. And so I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit from just a business operational standpoint. Um, how do you guys go out into the marketplace and, and look to acquire new customers? What's your strategy that you implement? You know, so apply concepts, the way we've done it for, for many years is, you know, we have a team that has a, the outreaches to dealerships, to general managers and different decision makers offer an idea of an, a phone call evaluation okay. you know, to give an assessment to dealerships because a lot of times for a store, it's just good to just understand what's happening. Sure. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? It's an opportunity to say, okay, here's from a professional third-party company. Here's some mystery shops, or if we have access to your call recording, here's kind of the lay of the land, yep. right? And at that point, we kind of offer up some insights as to what's experiencing. And based on what we hear, then we kind of, if there's an opportunity, we open up the conversation to, okay, here's what we can do for you from a coaching and training and support standpoint. Okay. So the strategy that's worked best for you guys is to actually offer kind of a trial, if you may, like give them a little bit of a a teaser and evaluation of what you guys are seeing. Um, And presumably that's followed with a roadmap. Correct. hundred percent. So we'll we'll offer an idea of an evaluation. And now this does vary depending on the size, for example, like our enterprise service offerings, what we do with our OEM clients or large auto group clients it may be more of an ongoing evaluation, right? Maybe we'll, we'll dissect their, their phones for 90 days or 30, 60 days to understand a true landscape of what's happening, sure. right? But from like a store level, like a tactical level, we offer the idea of running, running the phone calls to just say, here's what's happening. Because a lot of times that's where the decision of what needs to occur becomes a lot easier once they know what's happening. Right. right? Because right. a lot of times dealerships are so busy and these decision makers are busy from day to day that they lose sight of like, holy cow, what is happening with my leads? What is happening with my emails, my chats, my phone calls, right? So it becomes very invaluable for them to just have that opportunity to pause for a few minutes, okay, look at what's happening and say, okay, what do we need to assess? Right. And this definitely, this period of time, you know, granted there was the dip, but, you know, a lot of times that's a great opportunity for a business when it slows down a little bit to do that evaluation. Um, You mentioned earlier pivoting. Um, You didn't say it explicitly, but pivot is the buzzword of, you know, the past several months. Um, But you talked about the different channels that dealerships are starting to utilize. Um, Let's talk about the pivots, you know, that you are seeing dealers focused on right now as they're looking at what the market is now, as well as looking and what the market's going to be in the future. You've seen a lot of dividends pivot to digital retailing. That's that's where uh, the auto industry went from like, okay, 
people are still coming in looking at cars and they still are like by and large, many customers are still coming in and looking at cars in the traditional sense they were. However, what a lot of stores have had to pivot is to do a better job on a digital front, right? Yeah. In other words, for example, offering more video walkarounds, sending, you know, take your customer, have a conversation. Let's go out there, do a FaceTime walk around with the vehicle. Let's actually go a little bit further before we offer for them to come in or even just offer to bring the vehicle to them, especially when there's a lot of areas where they could not bring people in. Right. So they still had to sell cars, but you just literally could not bring people in. So what stores had to get good at was being able to remotely sell cars, essentially. Yeah. Right. So to build value in the vehicle, to essentially say, here's why you want to buy this vehicle. Here's the value of this vehicle. And then to talk the terms and the pricing of the vehicle in a way that was customer centric. Yep. and made the customer feel and see value in, in, the, in the conversation and also sure. the transaction, but at the same time where the dealership was successful in that. Because by and large, the industry has been, hey, have a conversation, come in, experience the vehicle, test drive the vehicle, let's get you in front of, the, if you will, in front of us. Whereas we had to get really good at not having that tool. Yeah, which right. we had for so long, and the industry had to get good at being able to have the conversations remotely. Okay, so I want to take this further because video is something that I've been fascinated with these past months um, because of so much of it has affected the likes of you and me. Um, you know, we're in home offices right now. We're communicating thousands of miles apart. Um, that's been happening. You know, it happened overnight, you know, systematically. 3,000 office buildings suddenly get sent home and they're working remote. And so, so much of this communication has been happening over video. So little of it has been happening out into the marketplace. And so I'm excited to hear that the automotive industry is actually taking advantage of this medium to put themselves in front of the face of the customer, even though they are physically distanced, but they're socially close. Um, okay. Talk about what you guys are hearing. How is that working? And more importantly, how do you think that will continue to work and or evolve as things get back to some normalcy and obviously we're seeing spikes. So who knows when that's going to be? I don't think it's going to be the quick U or V shape that we all wanted. So how do you think they're going to continue to use this when, whenever we do, it could be 12, it could be 18 months when we're back to, you know, quote unquote normal, how will they continue using video? Right. Video has become huge because there's a couple things that tie into that. One, you know, Buying cars is an emotional deal for most people, right? It's like, they, you know, if you think back to when you bought a car, when you test drove it, you, the new car smell, the gadgets, the technology, like, man, this is really nice. This is enjoyable. Yeah. Well, video is a great way of still trying to present that same kind of feeling to a customer. So for a lot of stores, what they saw an opportunity was is to do video walkarounds of cars. Yeah. Right. So, hey, Josh submitted an inquiry on a Camry. So, you know, hey, Josh, here's your 2020 Camry that you were looking at, and they do a nice video walk around the vehicle, give you an idea of the exterior, interior, the features of the car. And granted, it's about a three to four minute video. It's not a very long video, or shouldn't be at least, right, where someone will want to watch it, but enough that you can almost, quote unquote, feel the car, right? And are these pre-recorded or are they interactive? Dep stores do, do do a little differently from from place to place, if you will. We okay. typically suggest that hey, if you could, if once you submit a lead or once you have a customer that you're talking to, they offer to do a video ASAP, if you will, yep. because that's a great way of saying it, and then make it personal, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, hey Josh, this is Jose. We just got done talking on the phone. Here's that 2020 Camry XLE you were looking at, and all of a sudden now it becomes personal, right? Right. That customer's gonna feel like, oh man, okay, he took the time 
to actually shoot a video for the car and hey honey look at the camera look how beautiful it is with the white and the black roof and it, and it also becomes emotional right you're still right. trying to get that emotional capture or capture that emotional feeling with that customer and video at least allows for an opportunity to still do that um i don't foresee the video ever going away quite frankly okay. um it was existent prior you know a lot of, i i can remember many times i would get a video of cars i looked at and things like that mm -hmm. but it's become more heavily used and more heavily pushed right okay. yep. um so much to the point where we saw a lot of our customers that were trying to do videos and when you'd watch the videos there's a lot of you know the way they were shot or they were shaky there's shooting videos not easy as you well know right yeah. And so what we found is there was an opportunity for us to say, okay, hey, let's offer some best practices to our customers saying, okay, here's how you want to shoot a video. Here's, you can take an iPhone or an Android phone, whatever you got. You can shoot a quality video. You don't have to be a Hollywood producer, yeah. but here's some tips to make it a little bit better, yeah. right? So that customer enjoys that video, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because there was this um, precursor, this this mindset that before we before this happened, right before mid March, I can't do video because I don't have the you know two thousand dollar camera and the nice mic setup. Um, but using some simple practices, you can make lo-fi video pretty high quality, and it's authentic. And authenticity is really hard, even when you're doing hi-fi production, um, you know, maintaining that realness. Um, are there any other trends that you're seeing, you know, as far as from a communication standpoint um, within the automotive industry? You know, text messaging was, was big before, it's even bigger now. I have a lot of stores that text messaging has become a really huge means of conducting business with customers. Um, text messaging is a very interesting one for auto because it can be a double-edged sword. And here's what I mean by that. You can sometimes put yourself in a spot where it's hard to really give value, the proper value in a text message. Right. Um, and you may, it comes across the wrong way, right? We can all think of instances where we sent a text message, like, oh, that didn't quite go the way I wanted it, if yeah. you will. Um, and the response was not what we wanted. So text messaging is great because, listen, 99% of people are looking at their phone constantly. You know, every one of us checks our phone repeatedly throughout the day. So there's a high rate of people actually looking at your message. Sure. Now, while that's awesome, we want that at the same time as you want to make sure it's effective. Right? Right. Um, so, so what are the tips to making it effective? Be careful delivering the mail. Right? It, it, the right. best thing I always tell people is you don't want to deliver serious messages over text messaging. Yeah. Right? You know, it, it, think about any time in life where you've delivered something serious, personal or business related, whatever it may be. A lot of times texting is not the best way to do it because you lose the communication like this. They don't understand what you're trying to say. Sure. They don't resonate with what you're trying to say. So I typically suggest be careful. Like offer to, hey, you know what, Mr. Mr. Customer, great news. I got some information on the, the lease offer that you're looking for. When's yeah. a good time for us to chat? Okay. You know, let's get you back on a phone call so that we can actually have a conversation sure. and I can walk you through what we did. So we call that the communication ladder. It's understand the context of what message you're trying to send out to them and then evaluate what channel you think is, is the best. And obviously in person is the highest, um, yeah. you know, and text or, you know, static email is going to be the lowest because you don't have the nuance of, you know, tone inflection. Um, you know, you, you miss those nonverbal communication skills. Um, so understanding what your message is, what channel it should be is a, is a great takeaway. Um, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think is important um, that you're seeing out in the marketplace uh, with your clients right now? You know, I think that the biggest thing we, we touched on it a little bit is ultimately being more customer centric. You know, 
buying cars for a long time, everyone loves the idea of a new car, right? And there's nothing, once you've bought your new car, we all take photos of it, <laughs> post on social media, whatever, and we're in love with our new car, but it's the journey to get there. Yeah. Um, for a lot of auto dealers, a big thing is pivoting to a point where, one, you've made it really, truly easy to buy a car. You know, yeah. people don't want to spend five hours in a dealership. You sure. know, so you need to have your people, your men and women that take your leads, whether it be sales or service, right? Sales, we're speaking a little more sales, if you will. You want to be able to have them be armed enough to be able to have a meaningful conversation where the customer is satisfied. They truly see value, right? They see they're engaged. They see value in that conversation and they're going to choose your store to buy a car from. But at the same time, the salesperson doesn't give away everything, right? right? They still have some form of salesmanship and ultimately a little bit of control and guiding the customer. And when I say control, it's ultimately guiding the customer because yeah. buying a car, you know, you may look at, I want this vehicle and then you realize, oh, it doesn't have this or it doesn't do this or the payments a little bit more I wanted or less, whatever it may be. But being a conduit to good customer service and giving that customer that experience, um, it's not easy for a lot of people to do that, to be able to do both, right? Where you can right. have that salesmanship, but yet be that smiling, friendly face that ultimately effectively gets a deal done. Sure. Well, I think that's a great takeaway. Um, you know, I, I've talked to some people, um, you know, in the, this misnomer about being in a B2C or B2B market um, marketplace. The reality is it's P2P or as a, a headhunter just told me, it's H to H. So P2P being people to people, H to H being human to human. Um, if you're listening to what those needs are, you can, you can more ably guide that client to where it's going to be best suited, even though the client may think they need to be in this, you know, this vehicle over here, but based upon the needs and based upon what they're talking about, it could be finance. It could be functionality. If you're really listening, then you're going to have a better position to guide them into um, where they should be. Meaningful conversations. You know, I'm in a B2B scenario where I'm selling to dealers, if you will. And I come from selling to being in dealerships, both in sales and service. That's where I started my career in auto. Okay. And the one constant, consistent theme in probably most any sales environment is people want to do business with people they like. Yeah. You know, just be likable. And I always tell people, be at ease, be at peace. Just have a conversation with somebody, listen, show genuine interest and care. The rest will come into place. Perfectly said. Well, Jose, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate you being on uh, Ask an Expert and uh, look forward to having you back in the future. Awesome. Thank you for having us. All right. Stay well for everybody uh, with your team and your families. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Hi, it's your host, Joshua Carlson. And I wanted to thank you for listening to today's show. This is the point where most shows ask you for a five-star review, but we're not doing this for the accolades. Don't get me wrong. Seeing five stars feels great, but our goal here is to provide real content from real experts that can meaningfully propel you and your business forward. So if there's something we fell short on, a question we missed, or if you just have any constructive feedback, go ahead and leave a review with your thoughts. We also enjoy hearing directly from our listeners. So look for our contact info via the show notes so we can connect one-on-one. We really do love the feedback so we can continue to improve and propel the show forward for you and all of our listeners.